Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the believers. He says, O oh, you who have believed, la tulhikum. It should not distract you. What should not distract you? Amwalukum, your properties, wala awladukum, nor your children. An from the remembrance of Allah. Do not allow your wealth and children to distract you from remembering Allah. La tulhikum ilha lahu. What is lahu? Something that busies you so much that you forget about what is more important. Lahu is distraction, a waste of time. Something that's distracting you so you're not able or you're not focusing on what is more important. So don't let your wealth and children distract you from Allah's dhikr. You have been created for the worship of Allah, not for the worship and service of your wealth and children. Wealth and children are a tool, a means through which you please Allah. Not that you forget Allah and get lost in the worship and service of wealth and children. Why is this mentioned over here? Because this was the main reason behind hypocrisy. The love of wealth and the love of one's own people. So blind was this love that it led these people to become insincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we need to think about ourselves also. When is it that we say big things and we don't really fulfill them? What prevented us? Saying things like, I'm going to pray this much salah, or I'm going to read this much Qur'an, or I'm going to do this for the sake of Allah, I'm going to spend this, I'm going to do this work for Allah. And then what happens? Why do we go against our own words? What prevented us? What distracted us? Our money, our things, our stuff. Getting them, looking after them, maintaining them, enjoying them, using them. And then not just money, but also family. And amongst family, children especially. They consume you, like nobody else. And the thing is that they're so lovable. Right? They're so lovable. I mean, look at Fir'aun. Fir'aun, when he saw baby Musa, and Asiya said to him, La taqtuluh. Don't kill him. Qurratu walak. He's so cute. I find him so lovable. And you do as well. Fir'aun, who had been killing so many babies of Bani Israel, he made an exception over here because baby Musa was right in front of him. Look at how his mind was changed. Right? And this is the thing with children. You could be doing the most important thing, but when a baby comes in front of you, when a child comes in front of you, what happens? I mean, I've seen the most serious people make the funniest of expressions, right? When they're talking to children. Like the most serious people. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that there's something in children that makes you lose yourself. That makes you just, you know, leave so many things. Isn't it amazing how a woman who has studied for so long and worked for so long and she's had such a good career, what happens when her baby comes? I'm not going to work. Finished. I'm done. I don't care if I spent $50,000 over all these years on my education and training and then I was making so much money. I don't care. I'm with my baby. I'm not giving my baby to anybody else. Right? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. The point I'm making is that there's something about children that makes you give up many things that are important to you. Isn't it? 
So Allah warns us over here, be careful. Yes, you can leave your job for your children. Yes, you can leave your hot meal for your children. You can sacrifice your sleep for your children. You can sacrifice your you know, social events and your shopping trips and many of your hobbies and things that you loved and love. You can leave them for your children. But one thing you cannot leave, you cannot afford to leave even for your children is the dhikr of Allah. Because Allah is more important than your children. So لا تلهكم Don't let them distract you from the dhikr of Allah. What is the dhikr of Allah? Salah. First and foremost. أَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ لِذِكْرِ Establish the prayer for my remembrance. Don't let your children stop you from prayer. Guarding your prayer. Praying on time. Praying properly. Don't let them do that. Don't give them that power. Your children should know that it's time for prayer and mommy has to pray and that's it. And yes, they can sit right next to mommy but they're not going to stop the mother from praying. لا تلهكم And then what happens with our prayers also, sadly, is that we're praying but our mind is where? Not just the baby. Even the toddler and the preschooler and the school going kid. The child who's completely independent, who can actually open up the refrigerator, get himself some milk and pour his cereal and do everything. But what happens when you're praying? What is he doing? Where is he? Where is she? Right? The mind is there. Which is good. I mean, you should be concerned about your children, but not during prayer, please. لا تلهكم And then what happens after the fard? I gotta be with my kids. Sunnah, it's okay, you know. Doesn't It's sunnah, right? It's not fard. What happens to the dhikr after salah? And it's not always your children, those whom you've given birth to. It could also be the children of others. Your siblings. Could be your cousins. Could be other children. Could be grandchildren. Don't let them prevent you from the dhikr of Allah. Then after salah, also Qur'an. Qur'an is also a form of Allah's dhikr. Don't let them prevent you from Qur'an. Distract you from reciting it, from learning it, reflecting upon it. Acting upon it. Don't let them distract you. You see, wealth and children are such that make you even give up yourself. Right? Your comforts, your desires, your wishes, your, you know, goals. You give them up for the sake of these things. Dhikr also includes tasbih. Don't let them distract you from the tasbih of Allah. وَمَن يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ And whoever does that, فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ Then it is those who are losers. They will definitely lose out. Those who are distracted by their wealth and children from the dhikr of Allah, then these people shall definitely lose out. They will suffer loss. So don't do that. Assalamualaikum. I said this reminds me of that ayah in Surah Hajj that every nursing mother will forget the one who she nursed. And to this day that hits me because how can you forget the one you nursed? Like so many times a day throughout the night, you know. But that day on the Day of Judgment is going to be such a terrible day that, you know, only your deeds can help you then. So right now, don't let those you nurse distract you from Allah's dhikr. The thing is, wealth and children, they can vary easily distract a person from the dhikr of Allah. I mean, think about it. In Surah Al-Fatih, 
ayah 11, we learned that some people they came to the Prophet وسلم, and they said, شَغَلَتْنَا أَمْوَالُنَا وَأَهْلُنَا What could we do? We really wanted to come, but our wealth, our children, our families, they kept us so busy, we couldn't come. So many times we want to do something important, something that we believe in, something that's necessary. But what kept us so busy, we couldn't do it. It's our wealth or our children. And you see, wealth and children, they're such that you can't leave them because Allah gave them to you and made you responsible over them. So you can't say to your children, you know what, I'm done with you, bye. You can't say to your wealth, I leave you, I'm throwing you away. You can't do that. Allah is going to ask you about your money. Where did you get it from? What did you do with it? Right? About your children. You can't leave them. But at the same time, we cannot let ourselves waste away in their service. We can't allow, we can't afford to do that. Wealth and children are a blessing and a test at the same time. إِنَّمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ فِتْنَةٌ Your wealth and your children, they are a test, a trial. And this is why it's a constant struggle. Always, every single day. You can never reach that level where you can say, you know what, I have the perfect balance. I have a time for dhikr and I have a time for my children. You think you have it, but wait until 10 more minutes. And then what happens? Here you are doing dhikr and your son comes and interrupts you. Or here you are reciting the Qur'an in the middle of the ayah and then your daughter comes and interrupts you. Or somebody needs the bathroom or somebody is now hungry or somebody needs help with their homework or somebody needs to be driven somewhere. Right? And then what happens? What happens? You were distracted from the dhikr of Allah. And in the next surah we will see that at the same time we cannot get mad at them. You can't get mad at your children. Oh, you are preventing me from the dhikr of Allah. You can't say to your children, you are shaitan. You're not letting me read Qur'an. You can't do that. You can't. They're your children after all. So it's your responsibility to always strive to maintain this balance. You can't maintain it. You just have to keep striving. You have to keep striving, you have to keep struggling. The Prophet ﷺ, he was described as by Aisha anha that when she was asked that what did he do at home, she said he used to keep himself busy serving his family and when it was time for prayer, he would get up for prayer. He would get up for prayer. You see, for women especially, it's very easy to lose themselves. Hmm? Once they get married then what happens? The husband is number one priority. Right? Once the children come in, then the husband is forgotten for some time and the children become number one priority. And the house becomes number one priority. It's these three things. The husband, the children, and the house. Right? Amwal and awlad. And the husband is somewhere there. Right? But anyway, these two become the priority. So what happens to the woman? Her salah is getting affected because she has to rush and cook. Her Qur'an is not being recited because she's busy with her children. She doesn't have time to pray tahajjud or the energy to pray tahajjud because she's exhausted from worshipping the house. Honestly. And by worship I mean serving. Serving. We are serving the floors. And we're serving the bathrooms. And we're serving the kitchen. And we're serving the closets. And we're serving the laundry. So much. We want to make it Perfect. And because of that, we don't have the strength. We don't have the energy left to busy ourselves in the dhikr of Allah. We don't have it. So it's very important for us to remember 
that we have to give time to ourselves also. إِنَّ لِنَفْسِكَ عَلَيْكَ حَقِّ Your nafs has a haqq upon you. Please, as a woman, remember that. Your nafs has a haqq upon you. But sadly, whenever we say that you need to take care of yourself, what do we mean? You need to go for a manicure. Right? You need to go to the spa. You deserve to go get a nice haircut. You deserve to go out for coffee with your friends. You're not with yourself. You're looking after your body. Or you are spending time with other people. When is it that you are truly spending time with yourself? When? When? When you are connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Spending time with yourself, giving your nafs your haqq, is allowing yourself to do what you were made for. What were you made for? Allah. And if you are not taking that time out to remember Allah, to connect with Allah, you're forgetting yourself. You're not looking after yourself. Forgetting Allah means forgetting yourself. Remembering Allah means remembering yourself. لا تكونوا كالذين نسوا الله فأنساهم أنفسهم Don't be like those people who forgot Allah so Allah made them forget themselves. So when you take time for yourself, that does not mean going for an appointment with the dentist or with the doctors. Yes, that is also important. But when you take time for yourself, when you take care of yourself, is when you're looking at the needs of your heart. When you're doing something that will help you, that will allow you to fulfill the purpose for which you were created. And, you know, Sister Halib Nani, she said that, number one, right, on your priority list, of course, is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then after Him, who is it? It's you. You. You have to take care of yourself. Mentally, emotionally, physically, you have to take care of yourself. Because when you take care of yourself, when you're together, only then you can be good with your children. Only then you can be good with your husband. Isn't it? You could have the house in perfect order. But what will happen? The moment you will see your child eating in a way that crumbs are falling on the floor, what will happen? You will snap at him for eating like a child. Because he is a child. Right? Because you're not all together. You're not all there. But if you have spent some time with yourself, calming yourself down, أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبِ Then what will happen? Will you have some tolerance in your heart? That if your child is eating like a child and throwing crumbs on the ground, will you have some tolerance and sabr? Will you? Yes. Will you have some tolerance and sabr in dealing with your spouse? In dealing with your family members? Yes. But if you don't take care of yourself, you're angry inside, you're empty inside, you're hurting inside, you're sleep deprived inside, then you won't have sabr in dealing with people. So la tulhikum amwalukum wa awladukum an dhikrillah. If you want your life to be in order, then busy yourself in the dhikr of Allah. Having a clean house doesn't mean your life is in order. Having well-fed children doesn't mean your life is in order. Having well-dressed children doesn't mean your life is in order. It won't be. Never. You see, whoever lets their wealth and children distract them from the dhikr of Allah, this will lead to success? La. This will lead to failure. 
And earlier we learned, remember Allah, لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Remembrance of Allah brings success. Forgetting Allah brings failure. You will fail in your marriage, you will fail in your family life if you don't have the dhikr of Allah in your life. Assalamu alaikum. This ayah rem- reminded me how this world is a temporary and the more we chase, the more we lose. And nothing is for us except what we be while we're together. The example of Abdullah bin Ubaidah and his son, which he did so much to displease Allah, is a very good example how, you know, all in al lillahi jami'an, all honor belongs to Allah only, and we should just, you know. Yes. We think we will have honor if our house is in perfect shape. You know, everything is perfect. It's clean, you know, because people will come. What if somebody just walks in right now and they see my house messy? They won't have any respect left for me. Really? Who gives honor? It's the house? It's Allah. You know, we have to train ourselves for zikr Allah. If you will not train at this time, by the end, in the retirement life, you are not able to make your habitual and the activities which you have been keeping yourself busy in the youth. I know a few women, those who were 24-7 engaged with the food, with the kitchen, serving their sons, serving their everybody. Now they are retired, they are sitting on a bed, they cannot get up, they cannot go to the kitchen, but they are stuck. They cannot even have a passion to serve the kitchen. They don't have trained themselves to zikr Allah. And somebody was going to gym, so now she is retired, she cannot go to the gym all the time, so she is sitting having a depression, tablets, because she has not trained herself to engage herself for zikr Allah. Even she is free. See, children will leave. They will grow up. They will get busy, too busy to even come and ask you, mom, how are you doing? Right? Wealth, it's there. But you don't have the strength to look after it. You don't have the energy to cook. And if you're not in the habit of doing dhikr of Allah, then what can you do when you're stuck on that bed? Full of anger and frustration. Why is it that people get irritated by old people? Why? Because they're constantly criticizing. Right? Why are they criticizing? Because they can't do anything with their hands. And what they see other people doing, it bothers them. So they have to correct them all the time. And when they have to correct them all the time, those who are doing the work, they get irritated. You know, Alhamdulillah, my grandmother, she raised 12 children. MashaAllah. And I remember as a child, we would go and spend weeks and weeks in our grandparents' house. And literally, there would be so many people, you can imagine 12 siblings, and they're married now, and they have children, and it's summertime, and everybody wants to come over. You can imagine how many people would there be? So it was summer, and outside would be very nice. You know where we would sleep? in the courtyard of the house. Because rooms were full. Everywhere was full. So mashallah, huge courtyard, like this big maybe. And right before Maghrib, you know, in Pakistan there is this thing called manji. So it's like a, it's like an outdoor bed, you could say. Okay? So one after the other would be put. So the whole house is full. And outside is also full. And my grandmother, she would wake up for tahajjud. Even at that time, I remember in the darkness, she would be up praying tahajjud. And then, she would start making breakfast after fajr. She would pray fajr on time, long fajr. She would recite her Qur'an, and she would pray her ishraq. 
And then she would go into the kitchen and start making parathas. And she would make it for everybody. Serve everybody. Feed everybody. And then she would go again and start reading something. My grandfather would teach her. Because my grandmother didn't really go much to school. She went only up to like grade 5 or something. At that time where she was, no tradition of women going to school. So my grandfather would teach her. One book after the other. She would have her lesson also. And then she would get busy with making lunch. For the whole crowd. Right? And now, why is it that I, you know, I wish for that time that my grandmother would come and stay with me once she came and stayed with me for the whole summer because that summer was the best summer. It was beautiful. In the morning, I could hear her reciting the Qur'an. She would recite the entire Surah Baqarah and Ali Imran. Every day, mashaAllah, this is her habit. And you know what? She actually did TQ. She did Ta'lim al-Qur'an in Pakistan. At this age. I don't hear stories like from my aunts. You know, in every family there are politics, right? The mother-in-law is getting in problems with the daughter-in-law and there's so much interference now with this son and that son and what is that person doing and what is that person doing? No, because she's busy. She's busy with the dhikr of Allah and she's able to do that. Why? Because even with 12 kids, she made time for the dhikr of Allah. We make our families and our houses and our education and our work such a big deal. That, oh, I have work. Oh, I have my exams. Oh, I have my studies. I can't pray. I don't have time for the Qur'an. I have to skip my class. I have to skip this and I have to skip that because my child and my this and my that. These things will keep coming and going through life. Today it's one thing, tomorrow it will be something else. What should never change is what? your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because He's always there. And He's always deserving. He is Al-Hamid. Alhamdulillah. All praise is always for Allah. He's deserving of it. At all times. So, لَا تُلْهِكُمْ أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Don't let this happen to you. You know what? Take this ayah, write it up, and put it somewhere to remind you. If it's your kitchen, where you spend a lot of your time, put it there. If it's in your car, put it there. If it's in your closet, in front of your mirror, put it there. Because that's also a form of mal, right? This jewelry or that jewelry, this makeup or that makeup, this shade or that one. Yes. Assalamualaikum. I was just going to say, like, you know, there is a time when I used to work, and I used to work a lot. Like, it was crazy. I, people used to look at me, and they used to call me workaholic. Okay, I used to use I used to, there was a point I used to even do three jobs. It's crazy. Yeah, just to, I don't know what I was going through. But anyways, but I always felt that little emptiness in my heart. So at that time, alhamdulillah, I was, you know, beginning my Talim al-Quran too. So I always took the appoint to university or wherever I was to teach somebody at least one verse, to do a halakha or something. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I need to do this. I can, Talim al-Quran was a weekend, but weekdays would just go through work, and even weekend would go through work. But I also needed to do something on the weekdays. I used to go to university and just teach one girl, two girls, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And now... All that is done. My work life is completely off. It's done. Temporary. I don't know. Okay. So, but now I have a baby, and the baby is very mashallah active, and she's back to back 
I have to run after her around the whole house. So alhamdulillah, like my mother-in-law, she's super, mashallah, may Allah grant her jannatul firdaus. She keeps reminding me all the time, like, you know, let the baby be the way it is. You just watch her, but always keep a Quran or do dhikr of Allah. Because the baby will grow, the house will stay dirty, everything will be there, it will be constant, you know, work, but you also need to do dhikr of Allah. So with the baby now, I also do dhikr of Allah, like we, you know, recite Quran and what I teach her. She's so little, but still there's things that we do together. So my time, what I spend with my baby is not only gone to waste and just behind my baby, but I can also do, you know, this be of Allah, and the baby's also learning yeah. to spend time. Alhamdulillah. You see, many times, you know, we tell ourselves that I'm spending time with my children, I'm looking after my children, I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm a full-time mom, because this is important. And it is very important. You're not wasting your time. However, this can also become a distraction from Allah's dhikr. And we need to be honest with ourselves. Please, be honest with yourself. Even if a woman is staying at home with her children, or she's not working, she's at home looking after the house, you know, making sure things are good so that, you know, the husband comes home and he's happy. Alhamdulillah. But you also need to take time for dhikr. You need to do that. You're busy with school, you're busy at work, whatever is going on. Dhikr also has its place. Allah says, وَأَنْفِقُوا And spend مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ From that which we have provided you. The things that Allah has given you, use them in His way. Spend them in His way. مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَ أَحَدَكُمُ الْمَوْتِ Before death comes to one of you. And death will come. So spend before death comes. فَيَقُولَ Then he will say, meaning when death will come, this person will say, رَبِّ لَوْ لَا أَخَّرْتَنِي Oh my Lord, why did you not delay for me? Why did you not give me some more time? إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ قَرِيبٍ To a ajal, to a time قَرِيبٍ near. Meaning, why did you not delay me for a brief term, for some more time? Why did my death come today? Why not... One more week, one month, one more year. Because if I had only one more week, one more day, one more year, فَأَصَّدَّقَ Then I would give charity. وَأَكُمْ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ And I would be of the righteous. But the thing is that if you're not making time for something today, you're not going to make it. Because today you're making one thing an excuse. And tomorrow there will be something else that you could make an excuse. I was reading a book by Seth Godin, What to Do When It's Your Turn, and It's Always Your Turn. And in that book, he was saying that the perfect time is now. He was giving the example of how he was speaking somewhere, you know, all these excellent students, and it was a small group of them, and, you know, he was encouraging them to to do what they believe in now, and don't wait until they have graduated, until they have their career set. So, one person raised their hand and they said that, but doesn't it make sense to delay a little bit more? Because right now we have our student loans to pay off and then there's so much stuff to do. You know, we'd rather wait for some time before we, you know, start doing what we want to do and focus on what we must do to pay off our debts. You know, then we can focus on our dreams. And he said, no. Because right now, it's the student loans that you have to pay off. So you desperately need a job, any job. 
You want to become a cog somewhere in any factory so that you can make money to pay off your loans. That's what you want to do. Tomorrow what will happen? Tomorrow what will happen? You'll be busy with your family. And then what will happen? And then there will be an old parent dependent on you. And then what will happen? Then there will be something else. So there is always going to be something in life that is going to keep you busy. But if you truly believe in something, something is important to you, you got to do it now, no matter how busy you are. No matter how busy you are, it doesn't matter. you got to make time. I know somebody who's taking a course with Seth Godin these days, and it's a month-long program, only one month long. And you know how much reading they have to do? This big box full of books within one month. You know how long the classes are? Multiple times a week on Sundays from 9 to 6. And you know who these people are? You and I can't apply by the way. Right? It's people who are working in the White House. It's people who are managing important businesses around the world. It's people who have their hands already full. And they're expected to do all this work. Because you know what? You can do it. You can do it. We handicap ourselves. We disable ourselves when Allah has created us able. We hold ourselves back when Allah has given us opportunities. And if we keep delaying, that no tomorrow, maybe day after, maybe next year, well that perfect time is never going to come. Because at the time of death, this person will be saying, Oh my Lord, why didn't you give me some more time so I could give charity and I could be of the righteous? As if he's saying, I didn't have enough time. No, you did have enough time. And if you didn't make use of the time that you were given, then وَلَيُّ أَخِّرَ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا Allah will never delay a soul. Meaning, give it more time. إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهَا When its time has come. Once the time of death has come, خَلَاص وَاللَّهُ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ And Allah is acquainted with whatever you do. In Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 34, Allah says, وَلِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ أَجَلٌ فَإِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ لَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ For every people is a time term that is fixed. Once it arrives, then they're not delayed for even an hour. Not even an hour. You see, Imam An-Nawawi, he died very young. Very young. And... Imam al-Nawawi, I'm sure you've heard of his name. Riyad al-Salihin, a very, very famous book that he put together. The 40 Ahadith of Nawawi. Well known. Right? Because he made use of his time. You wanted to say something? I found that this year I've gotten a whole lot busier than I was in previous years. Every year I felt that, oh, there's too much to do. I'm never going to get any time to do anything. You know, and I freak out about it. But now I've come to this year and I look back at it the previous years and I'm just like, wow, those were nothing compared to now. I have ten different things I have to manage even more so in school, this, that, everything. And I find that, like, I look back at it now and I'm like, why was I so worried? You know, you get to that point and, you know, if you remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never brings you to something unless He knows you can handle it, unless He knows you can bear that burden. And as long as you remember that, it, you know, it calms you down, especially when you start stressing out about all the things you have to do. You know, when you make the to-do list every week, you see, you know, ten pages of things to do, and you freak out. But if you, you know, you look at it and take it step by step, one at a time, and you realize, you know what, 
I'm only doing this because I have the capability to do it. That's the only reason the last one that has brought me to it. So you start ticking things one off at a time, and by the end of the week, everything's done. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said that every person who has fallen short of his duty regarding sadaqah and hajj will ask to be returned to this world at the moment of death. Every person who has fallen short with regards to sadaqah or zakat and hajj, he will say at the time of death, رَبِّ لَوْ لَا أَخَّرْتَنِي إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ قَرِيبٍ فَأَصَّدَّقَ وَأَكُمْ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ we know Hajj is fard. We save up to buy a house. Don't we? It's like everybody's biggest problem these days. There's not a place I go to, not a people I meet, except that they ask me questions about some way through which a house can be bought. As if I'm some big finance person. I, I don't know a thing. Seriously, I don't. But it's everybody's obsession. Making money. Buying a house. Saving up for this and saving up for that. What about Hajj? What about Hajj? What about Umrah? What about going to visit the house of Allah? In Surah Al-Mu'minun, Ayah 99, Allah says, حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَ أَحَدَهُمُ الْمَوْتِ قَالَ رَبِّ ارْجِعُونَ لَعَلِّي أَعْمَلُوا صَالِحًا فِيمَا تَرَكْتِ Until death comes to one of them, he says, Oh my Lord, send me back so I can do the good that I didn't do. I left. I want to do it now. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he asked, Oh Allah's Messenger, which charity is the best? And he said, The charity which you give while you are healthy. Having a keen desire to amass more wealth. You are healthy and you have this desire to get more. You've already decided what bag you're going to buy next. You've already decided what jacket you're going to buy next. You've already decided what phone you want next. You know, you're waiting for it. And you are afraid of poverty and wish to become more wealthy. So the charity that you give in that state is the best charity. He said, do not delay it to the time of when death will approach. And then you will say, give so much to such and such person and so much to such and such person. Because it has already belonged to such and such. Meaning if at the time of death or near death you're going to start giving sadaqah, you're going to say, okay, you know, this piece of jewelry, give it to them. And when I die, give my phone to that person. And when I die, my computer can go there. And when I die, this money of mine which is in that account can go there. And that jewelry which is sitting in the locker can go there. What's the point? Because it's going to go to them anyway. You're about to die. That's not the best sadaqah. The best sadaqah is when you are healthy. You want more. You're afraid of poverty. You're afraid that if you will give something away, you won't have it. You're taking a risk by giving sadaqah. And that is the best sadaqah. The Prophet ﷺ said to a man, take advantage of five things before five others. Take advantage of your youth before you become old. Your health before you get sick. Your wealth before you become poor. Your free time before you get busy. And your life before your death. You know, when you are young, remember that this youth is not going to stay forever. Don't wait to become old to do something. Your health, when you're healthy, 
Realize that this health is also temporary. When you have wealth, realize that this wealth is also temporary. When you have free time, realize that that free time is also temporary. Very soon you're going to get busy. And when you're alive, make use of that before you die. Because this life is also going to go away. We will listen to the recitation. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh